Kiora, Bulavanaka, Talofalaba, Halo, Kiorana, Halo Oketa, and a warm welcome to the Business Link Pacific podcast series. Business Link Pacific connects small and medium sized businesses in the Pacific Islands region with local quality business advice. Hosted by Barbara Wilkinson from Business Link Pacific, this podcast series showcases experienced professionals from our growing network. Business advice is more important now than ever before and is the key to business recovery. Join us as our guests share invaluable expertise and a unique view on doing business in the Pacific Islands. Hello and welcome to the Business Link Pacific podcast series. I'm your host, Barbara Wilkinson. In this podcast, we connect with Rona Luna Pastoriso Sekiguchi, founder and Creative and Innovation Director of the Greenhouse Studio in Fiji, a BLP quality-approved business advisor in our network. Rona has nearly 20 years of work experience in strategic planning, communications, marketing, event management, graphic and web design, public relations and brand development. She has lived and worked in Asia and the South Pacific, where she has acquired invaluable skills and expertise as a creative and communications professional. Her mantra is simple, to inspire positive change in any way possible, and this same mantra underpins the ethos of the Greenhouse Studio. Rona is here to discuss strategies for managing communications and marketing during a crisis. Bula Rona, welcome to the Business Link Pacific podcast. Thanks so much for dialing in and calling us today. Bula Vinaka, Barbara. Thank you so much for inviting me to speak with you today. Very delighted um, to be here. And um, But firstly, can you perhaps tell us a little bit about the Greenhouse Studio? Um, tell us about what your firm does and, and what inspired you to create it. Sure. So the Greenhouse Studio is a creative communication studio um, and we specialize in branding, corporate events, print and digital communications. And our philosophy in the studio is that um, communications can inspire real change in the world. So it was started in 2014. I started it as a solopreneur um, over six years ago. I can't believe it's been that long now. Oh, wow. <laughs> um, and, and at that point in my life, I, I felt like I, I had a calling. I didn't know I was going to be an entrepreneur. I always called myself as an accidental entrepreneur. But at that point, I, I felt that, you know, I wanted to live a life, you know, of my own design and I wanted um, to, to do things a bit differently. You know, I wanted a different type of um, work environment um, and I wanted a socially conscious business, you know, that adheres more to the principles of the triple bottom line. People planet and profit, and you know I wanted it. To, I wanted to use my my knowledge and my talent and my skills to um, inspire change or create change in in, in different ways. So I started um, the greenhouse studio. So that's our uh, we inspire change. Oh, that's fantastic. And I think you're absolutely right. You know, when it comes to inspiring change, communication is so important. And um, I'm just going to do a little bit of a Skype for New Zealand at the moment. I, I kind of really recognise the, the leadership piece that our Prime Minister um, has taken with our response to COVID-19 and, and really recognise the importance of the communication piece. You know, we, we've created this whole language around COVID about how we deal with it. And that's become absolutely critical. 
um, even our, our levels system, um, how we you know we created that whole way of talking so that we now know what what's required at each level. So I think you're absolutely right. You know, communication can inspire real change. The language, the vernacular that we use is so so important. Yes, that's right. And, you know, I'm a big fan of your prime minister. <laughs> um, I mean, who else? Is, I mean, who's not? Like, I said once that, you know, um, that when I grow up, I want to be like her. <laughs> oh, that's cool. Older than that's her. cool. But, <laughs> but I, you know, that's what I would say. I mean, I think she's absolutely amazing. I mean, in, in how she's handled this crisis. And yes, the way she's communicated, you know, to, to people and to everyone. Um, I, I love the fact that, you know, she, she makes time to communicate on Facebook live. She's very, um, open on social media. Um, it's just, it, her messaging is consistent. Yeah. Quite an interesting case study, I'm sure. How did you fare with a greenhouse studio? How did, what was your response to COVID-19 and did you use a crisis communication strategy? Okay. So what we did was, when we could see all the news um, happening around the world, um, we sat down and talked as a team. And we said, okay, there's no one's really talking about COVID in Fiji yet. This was like two weeks before anything really happened here in Fiji about COVID. Um, but we thought we have to be prepared and we have to use our foresight. And luckily, we actually developed um, a BCP, um, a business continuity plan, um, a few years ago. We've been updating it for about two years now. Um, and to tell you honestly, we we only really started learning how to create a BCP because we did a um, we worked on a communications project, a creative project for the building safety and resilience um, program in the Pacific, and and in that. A project we created like a suite of communication materials for small businesses to to learn how to face risks and disasters and so because of that we had created a BCP a plan but obviously that plan only had information about you know what we were going to do as a as a small business if you know a cyclone hits or if there's a tsunami or any any type of natural disaster and covid is something totally new and require different things but what we did was we ended up writing a, a set of processes and plans, updating that BCP and what we were going to do. Um, we, we also had three levels, <laughs> but we, we called it, we, we, um, we just named it as a color. Like we had our green, orange, and red. Um, and, and what we were going to, how we were going to respond as, as a business. And, and for our first response was we were going to send an email to our clients. And that's what we did. We use this as our strategy to let them know where we were. So we had sent our first response before the first case was actually announced um, in, in Fiji. We had um, communicated to our clients what we were going to do just in case COVID comes to our shores. So we already communicated our plans and we told them that these are the three things that we were going to do if this thing happens. So yes, we used a strategy um, in, in the studio for COVID-19. 
Oh, that was great. And I like your colours. Well, like we've had levels, but you've got colours. That's, that's fantastic. <laughs> so um, t- tell us, I mean, what's your view on crisis communications? You know, what is that, what is that key role? I think it's very important to be very, very clear um, and, and, and precise um, and, and communicate as much as possible in a crisis um, because when, when people are in a situation, uh, especially in, in a crisis, they, they are experiencing all kinds of emotions. And so when you're trying to communicate to them and giving them messages, um, because of all these different types of, communi- of, of, of emotions, they are feeling fear, worry, um, it, it, whatever you tell them, that is unclear will be misunderstood. So it's very, very important to be precise, to tell them exactly what's happening and to continuously remind them that this is what you're doing. Because otherwise, yeah, they're, I mean, they're probably half the time not listening to you, just worrying about what's going on in their lives. Yeah, and I think you're right. um, You know, you have to communicate regularly, keep that communication up, even if it's quite repetitive, because people need that reassurance. And like you say, they don't always hear it right first time or or even uh, like what we experienced. You know, things were changing really daily when we first went into lockdown. And um, and you need to keep that knowing what's the latest, what's the latest. So even if you already know the latest, that's that's fine. You know, you hear it again. Um, so I think um, you know, repeating the messages is fine. It doesn't it doesn't matter at all. It's a very key element. And one other thing is, you know, in communications, people always talk about consistency, but I think in crisis communications, consistency is even more significant because you know every. Every little nuance that doesn't seem consistent to your message may be made bigger or or, or, or is definitely something that someone can pick on and say, but, you know, she's saying not to be afraid, but look at what she's doing here. You know what I mean? Um, So that's even more significant in crisis communications. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's really good advice. What about branding? So how should SMEs in the Pacific use creative marketing and branding um, and and communications to successfully navigate their way through the COVID-19 crisis? So, I mean, at this stage, they're kind of needing to adapt to a new normal. How do they use um, that branding, communications and marketing? Yeah, it's good that it's actually a good, a really good question, um, Barbara, because I um, I was just part of a six-part webinar series with the Fiji Enterprise Engine. Um, the Greenhouse Studio um, is contracted by Fiji Enterprise Engine to be their marketing and branding, branding coach. So we did this webinar talking about this specifically. You know, how do you market creatively in COVID-19 times? Um, and one of the main things that we talked about is to highlight, first we highlighted how small businesses, because we're talking about small businesses here, right? And in fact, what is it? 80% of the um, Pacific Island businesses are small and medium enterprises, correct? Yeah, sounds about right. So we were, you know, in this webinar series, we were talking about, we were talking to small business owners. And, um, and so we talked about highlighting what, you know, makes small businesses survive in the Pacific. What what are those key things? And those are the things that will still 
help us survive right now. Num- number one, you know, we're sm- we're small enough and nimble enough to make really fast decisions, and we know our customers because we're small enough to get to know them on a personal level. And in the Pacific, relationships is always the most important thing, right? Because we are so small. Everybody's the second cousin of somebody. You know, uh, every business is part of a village of a, or a community. So. As a small business in your community, you know your customers. And if you know your customers, you should be developing empathy on what they're going through right now. And you should change and pivot the way you message and the way you brand yourself depending on the needs and, and the feelings and what they're going through right now, your, your, your target audiences, your target markets, your target customers. And at, the, at this moment, um, hard selling is not the way to go because everybody is worrying about so many other things. And the last thing they want is somebody to keep say, telling them, you know, buy from me right now, buy one take. I mean, all these hard sales is, is not the right type of messaging in this type of um, situation. In this type of situ- situation, it's simply letting your customers know and your clients know that you are here. You know, and, and that you are surviving because they're there continuing their support for you to continue as a small business. And and that type of, of branding ensures messages to your target um, audiences, to your, your customers, to your clients, letting them know that you are here and you are surviving because they've been there, you know, all along also helping you, also supporting your business and creating creating that sort of, um, of messaging for them that will inspire and maybe educate them in many different ways is going to deepen your relationships with your, with your customers so that when they do have more money again, they can spend more to the brands that they're loyal to, to the brands that they are fans of. Um, this is what, you know, part of what we were talking about, you know, in, in that webinar and, and how we could navigate this crisis. If an SME uh, wants to get in touch with you or they, they need your services, what sort of services would, would you offer? Can you perhaps just highlight one of the um, experiences that you, you may have had with, uh, with one of your clients? Okay, so currently we, we have one um, client that we're working with um, that we're re- redesigning a part of their website. So that is um, a service that we're doing right now. Um, and it's something that she's doing because she's pivoting as, as a business and she needs to be more online and, and more digital to reach you know, her, even her local customers here in Fiji. So that's one of the um, experiences that we have. And it's, a, it's, it's the project is ongoing. It hasn't finished yet. It just started um, this August. Um, and so we're excited, you know, to keep on working with her and for her to launch um, this, this new project, this new initiative. Uh, I can talk more about um, other projects that we're doing right now that's relevant to COVID if you like. That'd be great. And I'm really interested in the brand development as well, how you support businesses to develop their brand. Okay, sure. I mean, like there's there's one business that we are supporting through, I believe this is through GGI, which is the Global Green Growth Institute. Um, We we are helping Waitika Farm 
develop their branding. I don't know if you've heard of Waitika Farm. They they have the best honey, and they're based in. Russia. Oh wow! Yeah, no, I haven't. I haven't. Oh, they're they're. I mean, I'm, well, I'm a fan of theirs, so this is how I speak of Waitika Farm even before. <laughs> I, I, I mean, like I. I've been buying their honey and they have all kinds of other products that they're expanding to. So we're really excited to help this small business um, in the North um, by doing a, um, a, a logo uh, design for them and a brand development for them. Um, so that's, that's, that's what that we're doing at the moment um, in terms of other COVID-19 related projects. We've been working with UNICEF, to develop education materials for children in the Pacific. Um, we've, we're working with our illustrators and our designers. Um, we've done two books that is going to be launched very soon by UNICEF um, that's going to be sent um, around the Pacific um, and also helping them with ministry communications and materials for schools that, are, that have opened or are just about to open. So is that education materials around, um, around health or around COVID stuff? Yes, that's right. So how do we pair schools, uh, teachers and parents um, when schools open um, because of COVID? So all these types of, of messages and materials from UNICEF, we've helped design those. Um, we've also been working with Pacific Women um, for their annual report. Um, which um, I've been mean, talking about all of their activities, um, not just on uh, presently on COVID, but all of their activities for the year. Um, we we are also working with um, PRRP, with Pacific Risk Resilience Program, um, generally just on a video, an infographic video that we're designing for them. We're very lucky. Um, and we're very, I think, so grateful and really blessed, you know, to have such great clients, both small business individuals and also development agencies. One of the main things we did in our crisis, communi- I mean, our crisis communication strategy, was to ensure that we reached out to all of our current clients um, to let them know honestly where we were and how some of our projects were cancelled and how we saw that if we didn't get any more support, how it, it, it might close, you know, the business in the next few months, you know, as a small business, we have very small margins and we were very honest about where we were at that point. And because of this, it had really caused massive support from our networks to keep sending us work. And so, um, we've been, um, we're very grateful for all that support. And, and I must say that, you know, as part of that, um, as, as part of reaching out, you know, to our own networks as part of our strategy that really helped us during this crisis. And I'm sure that that must be uh, a real testament to the value that they uh, that they get from your business. They, you know, they want to keep you um, supported along the way. So that's that's fantastic to hear that. You know, do you have a, a structure that you recommend to uh, your clients when you uh, put together a crisis communication plan? Is there a set format that you would adopt or are there key things that you need to make sure you always include? Well, I don't have a current template that I can share at the moment. But what we did basically was we took our BCP and we inserted all the types of messaging. That's really, really important for every level. Um, and, and what were, you know, kind of like, 
I look at it similarly, I guess, to like a marketing stra- strategy and a plan. And so the messages are adapted because of the crisis, you know, because of the current situation. So we have to, to adapt that. Um, and then we have to adapt the programs too slightly so that it matches the the current needs and the you know the emotional state of of all our target um, users or target markets and audiences at this point and that's how that's how we did it I mean that's I think um, as, as simple as possible that you could do it yeah that makes sense so so sort of coupled goes hand in hand with your business continuity plan doesn't it and i suppose um you know with that you have to think about how you get those messages across you know what's the best medium for doing that um and i know some companies you know they set up a simple phone tree in advance um which is about you know who's going to phone who when we have such and such a crisis happen um so you've already got a mechanism for uh for getting messages out even amongst your staff Uh, when you need to. Um, so uh, can you highlight any any techniques that you've used around ways that you might um, identify you get messaging across? Well, for us, like um, when we sent out all of, I mean, we sent uh, an email newsletter, we put it out on our social media page, so not just our customers can can receive the message but to the general public to everyone who follow us and then you know we we always have follow-up emails talking to our clients letting them know that even because the 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 orange are orange which was when a when a case was announced we were going to work from home so you know every every time there was something new we send them you know new messages and we call them again letting them know you could viber us you could whatsapp us we gave them all our numbers or all the emails that they can reach us we have to be available if we want to let them know that we are here in you know continuing our services despite the fact um, and that has to be very clear because otherwise they might think that we've just closed, you know, because of what's happened. But that wasn't the case. So we have to be very clear with our communications there. And what we were doing, let's say, you know, we, we host several websites and what what if there was a technical issue? We have to be very clear in our in our messages, in our communications, how they were going to contact us, you know, when that arises while we were in that particular stage, if we were on on green or orange or red. Um, I I would like to add that um, I believe our small business has survived um, not only because of you know the type of support that we have in our with our current clients with our community, but I would also like to highlight that the team as well you know has been um, I mean, we've been working thrice as hard or as as I always say hustling three times as much you know to be able to keep going everyone everyone because we feel like you know we're a work family um, we answer to you know my our our designer's daughter you know our um our our, um, our finance manager's nephew you know like we feel like we are part of this work family and that we have to work together and then because of of you know what's happening we can I can really see the loyalty and all the hard work that everybody's put in and without that you know we wouldn't we wouldn't have survived um, that's and I think that's really really important to have the right team 
um, with you, you know, in, in your small business and then, you know, add the community that you have, then we, then we are strong to do this. Um, without all of that, then um, it's like, uh, yeah, you, you, you feel alone and, and alone in the business. So, yeah, I hope that um, that comes through um, with all small businesses around the Pacific. <laughs> Oh, that sounds amazing. And it certainly sounds like your business is, is hugely valued and that you've got a fantastic community that really um, supports you and, and, uh, and loves what you do. So no, thank you very much, Bronna. I've really enjoyed having a chat with you today. That's been fantastic. And, um, you know, I really, really agree with the points that you've made. You know, your, your crisis communication needs to be an absolute part of your business continuity plan. You need to have that business continuity plan in place for those occasions that you, you those unforeseeable events that you just um, need to be prepared for and I think um, you know what you're saying about reassurance that's absolutely important you've got to keep that communication consistent um, regular um, to provide the reassurance uh, and certainly you uh, having involvement in your local community through your staff through your clients um, and uh, the people around you it's so important so thank you so much for sharing your insights it's been fabulous talking to you today Thank you so much, Barbara. I hope I answered well, and I hope that I hope that whatever I have shared um, today will help um, other small businesses around the Pacific. Um, I hope uh, it can inspire some other um, small business owner there that to just hang tight and you know work hard and um, stay strong. Yeah, I know that's great. And um, what's the best way for people to get in touch with the Greenhouse Studio? You can email us at hello at greenhousefiji.com and you can also visit our website at www.greenhouse.studio. Oh, that's fantastic. Thank you so much, Rona. Thank you so much, Barbara. Thank you, everyone. If you're interested in connecting with a business advisor in Fiji, you can contact Ramesh Chand, Business Link Pacific's in-country representative in Fiji, on Fiji at businesslinkpacific.com to set up a consultation. If you're not sure what type of advice you need, our free online essential business tools can help you identify where there may be gaps in your business that could benefit from quality business advice and support. From there, you can connect with the right business advisor for your needs. Visit businesslinkpacific.com and click on the Essential Business Tools tab to get started. Thanks for joining us for this Business Link Pacific podcast and many thanks to Rana for sharing her expertise and insights with us today. Please join us for our next podcast where we'll chat with another special guest from the Business Link Pacific Advisor Network. Until then, thanks for listening. Stay connected with Business Link Pacific by following us on Facebook, Twitter and LinkedIn. Business Link Pacific, connect your business with quality advice.